Well, I do hope that you've had a good day. And if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 20? Matthew chapter 20. Starting from verse 29. And if you are able to, would you stand as we read? Matthew chapter 20, starting from verse 29. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them, called to them, what do you want me to do for you, he asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately, they received their sight and followed him. Let us pray. Father, indeed, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the truths that are contained in it. We pray, Lord, that you would open up our hearts and our minds to what you have to say to us tonight, and may you help us as we respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. This story talks about two blind men who call out to Jesus. Now, I've read this passage many times, and I've actually preached from this passage before. But the more that I read it, the more that I see different things come out from it. And that is my hope tonight, that you would experience the same. So we see Jesus and his disciples, they had attracted, especially him, had attracted quite a following. People were constantly flocking to him wherever he went. There were always people who were around. They had heard about the miracles. They had heard about the teachings. They had heard uh, about the claims of who he was. And they wanted to see for themselves and hopefully experience some sort of miracle for themselves. And so Jesus and his disciples were now leaving Jericho. And surrounded in every direction were people. People with him, a crowd who were following him. And obviously, many had heard. And so there were lots of people around, and as they were going, the crowds didn't stop, but they continued to follow him. And while they are going, verse 30 tells us that two blind men were sitting there. Two blind men were sitting there, and they obviously couldn't see, but they had heard about Jesus. They had heard about what he was teaching. They heard about what he had done, and so they call out to him. They call out to Jesus, saying, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us, asking them, asking him for help. It was almost as if it was a desperate cry of help that these blind men who were sitting on the edge of the road calling out to Jesus. But you ask yourself this question, if they were blind, if they didn't have a relationship with Jesus, if they didn't really know about him, why call out to him? 
Why did they call out to Jesus? The simple answer is they called out to him, not saying, hey, can you help us? But acknowledging who he is and asking him to have mercy on them because they believed that he was able to change their situation. They called out to Jesus because they believed in who he was, first of all, by acknowledging him, Lord, son of David, and then also asking him to have mercy on them because they believed that he was able to help them. You see, when we call out to Jesus, when we pray and we ask him to help us, we also should believe that he is able to help us. Call out to the Lord believing that he can help you. Call out to him. In other words, pray and ask believing that he is able. Don't just pray for the sake of praying. Don't just ask for the sake of asking. But when we ask, we are to believe. When we pray, we are to have faith. When we talk to God, we should understand who it is that we're talking to. Who it is that we are addressing. Mark Mark chapter 11, verse 24 says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. In other words, when you pray, claim it. Claim it believing that God has already given it to you in his name. Matthew chapter 21 verse 22 says, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. We are to believe that God is able to. Now, at the same time, we are to ask for things according to his will. And if our will and his will line up, then he will give us whatever it is that we ask for. If we're asking for something out of selfish motives, if we're asking for something for our own selfishness, then most likely we're not going to get it. But if we're asking for something that he knows that we need that will bring honor and glory to him, then you better believe that he's going to do it. And so when we pray, we are to believe and to ask that he will give it to us, that he will be able to do it. Do you believe that God is able to answer your prayer? Do you believe that he is able to change your situation? Do you believe that he is able to do what may seem impossible for you? When we go to him in prayer, we're not just bringing our needs before him, but we're also thanking him for who he is. Because when we go to him, we are to remember who it is we're praying to. And when we acknowledge him for who he is, it helps us to put into perspective what he is able to do. You see, we're not just asking anybody for something, but we're asking God Almighty, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one whose power and ability knows no limits, knows no bounds, knows no end. And so when we go to him, we need to go believing that he is able, believing that what we have asked for, that we have already gotten. In Luke chapter 8, a couple weeks ago, I preached from this passage, and we were talking about this in Sunday school. The woman with the issue of blood, you remember her? In Luke chapter 8, she goes to Jesus after suffering for 12 years, believing that he is able to help her, and all she does is touch the edge of his garment. She doesn't even physically touch him, skin on skin. She touches the edge of his garment. 
And immediately the Bible says that she is healed. Now you ask yourself this, there were so many people in the crowd around Jesus, so many people who would knock into him rubbing shoulders, but yet no one experienced that kind of healing, even though they would have touched him. What would be the difference between their touch and hers? Her touch was a touch of faith. Her touch was a touch going to him, acknowledging that he is God and he is able to help me. And so because she went to him, touching him in faith and believing, it says your faith has made you well. And she was healed. When we read different healings, many times Jesus tells the person, your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. He tells them that because why? Because they believed. Because they believed, he answered their prayer. God wants us to, to believe that he is able to. Remember that without faith, it is impossible to please God. When we go to him, may we call on him, believing that he can help us. Amen? Believe that he is able to heal all of our diseases. Believe that he is able to bring your son or your daughter back to him. Believe that he is able to move this mountain from here to there. Believe that he is able to provide for all of your needs. Believe that he is able to open that door of opportunity that you've been waiting for. Believe that he is able to bring about that husband or wife that you've been waiting for. Believe that he is able to fulfill the promise that he gave you. Believe that he is able to make a way where there seems to be no way. Go in prayer, believing that God is able. Believing. So these men obviously believed that Jesus were able to, was able to help them. That's why they shouted out to him. They called to him. But when they called out to him, verse 31 tells us the crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. You see, the people in the crowd tried to silence them. The people in the crowd basically looked upon them as nobody and thought to themselves, who are you that Jesus would be interested in helping you? These nobodies, here Jesus is and everyone's following him. Everyone knows him by name. Everyone knows what he's able to do. Don't bother him. He doesn't have time for you. You're not important. But instead of them stopping, instead of them just being quiet and, and being silenced, it tells us in the second part of verse 31, but they shouted all the louder. They shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. You see, they did not stop because the crowd told them to stop. They didn't stop talking. They didn't stop calling out to Jesus just because someone tried to shut them down and tell them they weren't important. You see, don't allow your situation or others to get in the way of your relationship with Jesus. Don't allow anything or anyone to stop you from worshiping God. Don't allow anyone or anything to stop you from giving him the praise. Don't allow anyone or anything to stop you from getting that blessing, from getting that healing, from getting that breakthrough, from serving God wholeheartedly. Don't allow what's going on around you to get in the way of you and the Lord. So these men were determined to get Jesus' attention. 
They were determined that they were going to get Jesus' attention even though the crowd tried to silence them. The crowd told them to be quiet. The crowd told them basically to stop. He doesn't have time for you. He's important. You're not. But instead of them listening, they went out of their way to make sure that Jesus gave them that attention. They went out of their way. They were determined to get their breakthrough. They were determined to get their healing. They weren't going to allow anyone to stop them. And in the same way, we mustn't allow others or things to get in that way as well. So these men were not just about to sit quietly and let Jesus pass by, but they were willing and they were ready to get his attention. They wanted to. You know, there are people who we will come across in life who will always shut down religion or who will always try to put down God or, or try to make us feel like what we believe isn't important. Have you ever come across people like that? Unfortunately, there is. But may that not stop us from serving God in spirit and in truth. May it not stop us from doing what we know is best. You see, we might experience persecution and ridicule and mockery in different ways, but may it not stop us. In life, it will happen. Your coworkers might mock you when they see you praying before you eat your meal and giving thanks to God. Your family members might tell you that you go to church way too often and maybe just Sunday is enough. Your other, your spouse may tell you that you don't need to give your tithes and offerings to the church. The church has a lot of money. Your other family members or friends may try to get you to stay out late on a Saturday night and tell you, just sleep in on a Sunday morning. You see, there are so many things in this world that can get in the way between us and God. But he calls us to remove those barriers, to remove those obstacles, and to focus on him. And when we're focused on him, then we will get his attention. When we're focused on him, then we will get that breakthrough. Because at the end of the day, when we stand before God, it's not about our family, it's not about our friends, it's not about our coworkers, but it's between us and him. That's what it's about. It's between us and him. Are we putting him first? Are we making him a priority? Are we giving him first place in our lives? You see, I believe that we should care about the opinions of others, right? The opinions of others is important. However, there comes a time when we need to do what we know is right. When we need to do what we know God wants us and requires us to do. And so if others are telling us to go against what God is telling us, God wins every time. God's opinion goes first every time. God's opinion is what matters. So sometimes, even though people's opinions are good, we need to make sure that we are putting God first. We can't care so much about what other people have to say that it compromises our spiritual relationship with God. Don't 
worry about what other people have to say when it comes to your relationship with God. That's between you and him. Sometimes we can be afraid of going to the altar because we think, well, people will think I just have so many problems. Sometimes we can be afraid of raising our hands in worship because people will look at us and wonder, what are you doing? Sometimes we can be afraid to do things because we're worried about what other people have to say when at the end of the day, the only one that we should be worried about is what God has to say. There are so many excuses that can be made, but we need to stop making excuses because you know, if someone really wants to do something, they will find a way right? If someone really wants to do something, they're going to find a way. But if they don't, then there will always be excuses. But God will always make a way. You see, Moses, when he rescued the Israelites, they could have easily said when they faced the Red Sea, well, there's no way to get through. We've come to the end, so we might as well surrender to the Egyptians. Instead, he relied on God to make a way through the Red Sea. He trusted God to do it, and God did it. God made a way for them to get through, and they were able to get through. The four men who brought their friend to Jesus for healing could have easily said to themselves, the house is full. There's no way for us to get in. So we might as well just go home and maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, our friend can get to Jesus. But yet they did not stop there. Instead, they went and they made an opening in the roof and let their friend down. They were determined to get to Jesus. They weren't about to stop. Zacchaeus was short. And when Jesus was coming. He couldn't see because of his height, but he didn't allow the crowd and he didn't allow his height to stop him. Instead, he climbed that tree in order to see Jesus. He did not allow his circumstance, his situation to stop him. Paul and Silas, they were in prison because of their ministry. And they could have just given up. They could have been depressed and, and lonely and sad. But instead, even in prison, the Bible says that they prayed and they sang hymns of praise. They were still ministering to those around him. You see, we cannot allow our situation, our circumstance, or other people to keep us from worshiping God, to keep us from that deeper relationship with him. Whatever it is that you may be going through, whatever it is that stands in your way, remember that God is first priority, that he is first place. Don't allow anything to get in the way of that. And so these men were persistent. They were persistent in getting Jesus' attention. They were determined. It tells us that Jesus stopped and called to them, and he asked them, what do you want me to do for you. They said, Lord, we want our sight. It says that Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes and immediately they received their sight and followed him. They immediately received their sight. Why? Because they called out to him in faith and not only did they call out to him, they called out to him believing, but also they were persistent when he didn't respond to them right away. They called out again and again and again and did not allow the crowd to silence them. Even though on that first call out, maybe he didn't hear, maybe the crowds told him to stop, they could have easily stopped but they kept going. They were persistent. 
What does it mean to be persistent? Well, the dictionary defines it as continuing firmly in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. Continuing to do something even though there's so many factors against you. There's so many reasons why you shouldn't, but you are being persistent. You are continuing despite what stands in your way. When we have persistent faith, it gets the Lord's attention. Persistent faith gets his attention. No matter what challenges we encounter, we cannot give up but continue to press on. In Luke chapter 18, it tells us of the parable of the persistent widow. It tells us of this parable, and it says in verse 1, Jesus tells this parable to teach the people that they should always pray and not give up. That's what verse 1 says. This is why he tells this parable, so that people would understand not to give up, to keep praying, to keep asking, to petition God to come before him regularly and to pray. There's an acronym that says PUSH. Have you ever heard of that? It says PUSH. You know what it stands for? It stands for pray until something happens. PUSH. When we pray, we are to push. We are to be persistent in our prayers. We are to pray until something happens, not giving up. In this society that we live in, everything is so fast. It's so instant. Everything is convenient. And we've grown accustomed to it, right? We've grown accustomed to this not having to wait for anything. And so when it comes to our spiritual lives, sometimes we expect the same from God. That if we ask for something, we should get it right away. And if we don't get it right away, then it's just not going to happen. Right? Because we've grown so accustomed to this instant, convenient, fast, right away, you get everything that you want. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Even if it doesn't happen right away, be persistent. Petition God. Go to him in faith and continue to press on. Continue to push. Don't give up praying for that loved one who hasn't come to God yet. Continue to be persistent in prayer. Don't give up hope that God will heal your sickness or your disease. Continue to press on. Continue to be persistent in prayer. Don't stop believing that you will find the right person to marry. Keep persisting. Keep praying. Don't stop praying that God will open that door of opportunity for you. Be persistent. Press on and believe him. Don't give up hope that God will give you that breakthrough. Pray believing that he will. Don't give up hope and tell yourself that it's not going to happen. Because when we pray and it is in God's will, it will happen. We need to push. We need to pray until something happens. To pray and fast, believing that he is able to. Be persistent. I challenge you, my friends, as Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? 
to go to Jesus in prayer, to go before him and ask him to help you because he asks you the same question. He asks me the same question. What do you want me to do for you? When we get his attention, we are to keep it by going to him in prayer, by calling on him, believing that he is able to answer and help us, by not allowing our circumstance or others to get into the way of our relationship with him, by being persistent in our prayer life and having a persistent faith, believing that he will be able to help us to get his attention. You see, we can take our needs to God. We can go before him. Whatever it is that you need him to do for you, Go before him and be persistent. It might be a health issue. It might be a job situation. It might be marriage issues or family issues. It might be forgiving someone who has hurt you. It may be overcoming an addiction or some sort of issue. Maybe salvation for a loved one or prayer on behalf of someone else. Whatever it is, he asks us, what do you want me to do for you? What is it? that you want me to do for you today. There's a beautiful hymn called Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. And the refrain says, Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. My prayer for you is that you would not allow the Lord to pass you by. These two men who were sitting on the edge of the street did not allow Jesus to pass them by, but they knew that this is the time. This is the time for him to answer my prayer. This is the time for me to get my breakthrough. This is the time for me to ask him. This is the time that I am going to receive. They did not miss that opportunity. And when we get so concerned about what other people have to say, we can miss that opportunity. Don't miss that opportunity because now is the time to get his attention. Let us pray. Father, indeed, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, that you are so great and so awesome and so much more powerful than we know. And Lord, we thank you that we can come before you presenting our needs, that no matter what it is that we are faced with, we know that we serve a God who is even bigger and a God who is able. And so, Lord, we pray that you would help us when we come before you and pray, that we would come acknowledging who you are and understand that you are able to. And so, Lord, help us to believe, help us to have faith, to trust you, that in your time, in your will, according to your will, that you will answer. Lord, may you help us when it comes to you, not to let other people get in the way of our relationship with you, not to allow what's happening in our lives to discourage us, but to continue to press on, oh Lord. And so, Father, we commit each need into your hands. We pray for your blessing upon each one, and we pray that indeed you would not pass us by, but that your blessing would be upon us. And so, God, whatever it is that each one may need, we pray that you would see each need and that you would meet it according to your will. And so, Lord, we commit each one into your hands. We thank you, Father, for your sacrifice. We thank you for your love, for your mercy, and your compassion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.